0: This is that other sports show. Let's go. All right, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, It's that time! I really think the USC should pay me for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's that time again, except it's not Monday. It's Thursday. We're a few days past. We took last week off. Uh, It is completely 1,000% my fault. Or (laughs) actually, it is completely 1,000% my workplace's fault. Because it is what happens every six months. We change shifts. So... Uh, We're now here on a Thursday. We took last week off. We're here on a Thursday, but we're still going to jam-pack this show with so much good fucking information that all of you listening and will listen are going to love today's show. We've had a lot of MMA stuff to go through, but we're going to leave some out. We're going to pick up where we left off and move forward because... If you're not moving forward, you're not going nowhere, right? Mm. We always move forward. We've got MMA stuff. We've got so much football stuff. Jay will say a few things and I will eventually go off on tangents and I could probably do it for the next three hours, but I won't, I promise you, because we don't have that much time, but we will cover big trades, big money being thrown at big free agent market players. Uh, even some, uh, maybe some guys getting released. There's some big names that got released. We'll talk about some of that too. And then we will jump into some NBA action because it is that time. We are so close. We're getting closer to the end game. We're getting closer to the NBA playoffs. It's going to happen. But first, we got to get through some games. We still have some teams playing for spots. Hell, even the Lakers. I mentioned it on our, our uh, Twitter feed at Team Toss21 the Lakers are only five games out of the eighth spot. Although they did just lose to Minnesota and that hurt badly. They still somehow have a shot at making the eighth seed. I don't think that they do it. I don't think Jay thinks that they do it, but we can talk about basketball at the end of the, today's show. So without further ado, Jay, my man, please lead us into the, the world of MMA.
1: It's good to be back. Uh, if you hear my dog shaking in the background, I apologize. He's, risen from his nap from out of a blanket. Now he's shaking his bones loose because that's what dogs do. And now he's stretching, looking at me, expecting him to pet him. And I'm not. Um, It's good to be back, Jess. A little time off. Uh, The streak is over. We did an an amazing amount of consecutive shows, but it was down to come to the end here. I was assuming we would take this week off, but Phil last weekend because we were coming off the Colby fights. We had some other stuff going on. But uh, this is a good time to land the plane. I think when you do a Thursday show, and you give something for the people to walk into on the weekend, on top of the Sunday and Monday where we were right, where we were wrong, uh, I think that's fun. Um, the problem is there were like eight hundred major and minor NFL moves <laughs> that all have a ripple effect here. And I think I was when I when I was on the ride home. I was thinking, I'm going to put a fucking egg timer out and I'm not going to let Jesse do more than like 20 to 25 minutes worth of football takes. Uh, And I'm going to cut that into two to three minutes of just Bill's takes. Um, And so then I realized as we started talking and doing prep, There's a lot of football we missed last week, and I tweeted about it. Big football. I tweeted about there was this shift of six quarterbacks at the time it happened in like a week span between uh, Rodgers, Wilson, Watson. Um, fucking the who's the kid? Um, the Mitchell Trubisky,
0: Trubisky, uh, Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah, and there was one more in there now, and now there's more waves with Baker. Um, who you know is uh, always a fun topic on this show. One of the, I think Baker might be second or third in line after Jake Paul, who gets the most attention on this fucking show. It might, it might be Baker. I'm trying to push LeBron back into that spot because we really, you know, he's just he's easy. We're gonna but, pump uh, him in. We'll be And we and we got to get and we got to get Jess back into the swing of basketball. And just LeBron, is always, it's an easy one to warm back yeah. up. It gets the it gets the gears going, but. uh, I have all of the fights up from last week. I want to start with last week's fights here. We had some fun fights, the free UFC, one of those Vegas trips. Our boy Terrence McKinney, shout out Terrence McKinney, hashtag MMA Twitters, one of his his favorites, a love of ours, Um, took a fight on like five days notice or some shit against Drew Dober. Came out just swinging like a motherfucker. Bit down on his mouthpiece. Hurt Dober. Everyone thought he was gonna finish him. I I actually sent out a tweet that was like, "Damn, that's how you that's how you take a fight on short notice." And then right as I hit Sandy, fucking got knocked out. So I hit delete on that tweet real quick. And uh, yeah, they Thank God
0: for the delete button,
1: they don't. They, hey, listen, delete, 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 just like our boy, uh, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy, uh, Khalil Roundtree kicked Carl Robinson in the body so fucking hard. It's very rare that you get people talking about a body kick, you gotta have that loud echo effect that, uh. Hitting uh you know a, a dead piece of meat with a bat type effect, and that Rocky, that's what Rocky in the Meat Factory. Man. And that I, and that that's what Roundtree was able to do to Robinson. We had a fucking Bruce Leroy sighting. Marlon Maras got knocked out again. I swear, great. three years ago, Jess, we were talking about this dude like he was going to be a superstar, and now he is just just fucking falling like you wouldn't believe. Uh, that main event, of course, was. Anka versus Santos. I live-tweeted this fight. You know me at Valdis spelled backwards, 559 on Twitter. I try and live-tweet all the fun fights or all the good fights, uh, at least the main events these days. Um, I think I scored this 4-1. I don't think I gave Santos a round after the second round. Um, any memories of this card here, Jess? Anything you want to throw out on this one?
0: Uh, Terrence McKinney. Uh, Shout-out to Terrence McKinney for uh, trying to jump on the uh, – Quick bandwagon of five days, two weeks type notice. Let's the ca- get the Cage and five. A-
1: the Bobby Green, the the Cowboy little, Cerrone, little, the Bobby Green. A la,
0: a la Bobby Green. Uh, <laughs> I uh, shout out to any guy or gal who takes a fight on such short notice. Cause I mean, you know, you know what? You know why the NFL is seven days before games? Because mm. it's fucked up to make a guy go back and play a game of football two days later. Constant okay?
1: collisions for three hours. And then you
0: take that in the world of mixed martial arts and it's a constant collision, except you got no pads. Yeah. You're just getting punched and kicked and taken down and struggling to get position and get you know into a dominant spot for you know 15 minutes up to 25 possible minutes
1: and terrence, mentally and physically
0: oh terrible terrence mckinney is one of my favorite guys on twitter he's fun to listen to he doesn't really take a lot of things too serious he he does uh, enjoy his career and you can see that he's wanting to take that next step and here's the problem Sometimes when you want to take that next step so badly, you take fights that you have no business being in. And Terrence McKinney is an athlete, don't get me wrong. But when you take a fight on such short notice, especially after having that big win, super emotional, high-type win, and then just just moments later, you're getting into the cage with a true vet of the octagon like Drew Doper.
1: Someone who's trained properly for a fight.
0: Dober's properly trained for the fight. He was looking for a fight. His fight got canceled, or his pony got canceled. He comes in, takes on Terrence McKinney. He's fully fresh and ready to go. And again, Drew Dober is no slouch. He's been in, he's been around for a long time. The guy can throw leather. And what I did agree, I gotta agree with you when McKinney came in, I think that that was the that's a perfect style. Of taking a short notice fight. Just go in there and just throw bombs. Because you're probably going to gas out. So your best shot is just like taking the dude out right away. And he almost did. Uh, huge win for Dober. Whose career has kind of been, may I say, mid.
1: Mm-hmm. But he's
0: always fucking exciting. He gets in there. He gets a win against a young and up-and-coming guy. Upside, and it upside. It kind of derails McKinney a bit but i don't think this will be the last we ever hear of terrence mckinney he will be back he's an exciting young guy to watch fight and i I know that dana loves when guys come in and put on exciting shows uh the next thing is the ink and tiago santos what the fuck happened to the guy that almost and some people say beat
1: john jones Mm -hmm. where did that guy go you know, there's there's Santos and there's Reyes, who, Dominic Reyes, who at some point, whether it was three or four years ago, look, there was a moment everybody, including myself, we were saying, well, these guys are it. These are the future of the division here. These are the guys who are going to be dominating in 2021 and 2022. And uh, boy, was I and boy, were a lot of us wrong. I, I, I don't know if this is a, he got injured. Cause remember he had some, some really bad knee issues. And I yeah, think that some...
0: happened in the John Jones fight, which was like, what two years ago.
1: And then I think there was another injury in there after that, or maybe there was an injury by, by all rehabbing. Like it's, you know, man, with the knees, it's just so difficult, especially in a sport where the knees are so important because you're striking with them. You're using them almost as a as a way to block. I mean, it it's an absolute mess. So uh, I don't know. You know, it's almost it's impossible to say hard to explain, if you will, with what happened to Santos or what will happen next with Santos. I don't think he's a gatekeeper yet, but to even say he should be fighting a top five or, or maybe even a top ten guy at this point, yeah, I don't know. It might be back to the drawing board for him. I, I don't think he should be cut by any means, but I, I you know, it's
0: three a different fight team.
1: Uh, that might be the move. I don't, I don't know. It just to get it. I'm really, you know, it sounds like it's easy to pin it as an excuse, but but at this point, maybe we got to focus on. Uh, you know, he's, he's had some injuries, some up and downs. And again, maybe he's at that point in his career where he had a fast trajectory there. You know, he knocked out a uh, year, not year. He knocked out Yan. and yes. then he got the, the bones fight, which was a competitive fight. And then he's just had a lot of messy fights since. So maybe he just propelled like a motherfucker has cooled down, you know, uh, what do you call it? Stock up, stock down, as we say, trending up, trending down. Uh, And now here we are. So don't think he should be cut yet by any means, but, but not sure what they do with him. No
0: fucking clue. Let's not go to the cut scene yet. Uh, uh, Tiago Santos still has time in the sport. A lot of time. And, and here's the thing. This is what's going to make or break him. In my opinion, when he first came onto the scene, he was just a big, really big heavyweight cutting a little tiny bit to get down to light heavyweight and then coming back and fighting as a heavyweight, basically. Always bigger, always stronger, not so much faster, but really, really fucking heavy hands. He was laying some suckers out. Mm-hmm. He went and laid out yan. He went in there and like I said earlier, people thought that he had even beaten John Jones in their fight. And he really did mess John Jones up. Bones got messed up in that fight. Tiago Santos mm-hmm. looked really good for, for that fight. And Styles do some make fights, so I can. That's understandable as well. But here's the make or break for him, in my personal opinion. He needs to change his fight style. He can't be the big mauling bruiser. He's going to have to learn to maybe even cut a few more pounds down. Yeah, I agree with a that. Little bit, a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. That will help out with the knee issues, the ankle issues, the feet issues, and it'll help his speed overall. And he needs to get into a boxing ring and train with a professional boxer. And I'm not saying he doesn't, but whoever is training him, he needs to work on the technical aspects of boxing. Mm -hmm. He Just need,
1: I he needs I to think keep up that hand speed a little bit. i I think you're on to something here with two things, and I, and I definitely think you're on to something which is coming in a little bit lighter. He definitely looks like a guy that, that cuts a lot of weight or cuts that twenty twenty five you know pounds worth of excess shit and water weight. If he maybe was maybe a 210, 215, more of a walking weight, had an easier cut. you know, had a little bit of a better diet. maybe he's still eating a lot of bullshit. Now, again, I don't know. I could be it's wrong. all
0: that Brazilian meat.
1: You know, some of that, you know what I'm saying? A lot of beans, a lot of rice, a lot of fucking tortillas, a little sticky, those sticky buns. So, but what I'm thinking here is more of when I watch Santos, the thing that I do a lot of, and it reminded me of Yan, or not Yan, but but gone, Yan, Gone, Juan, uh, is, is 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 uh you gotta punch, you gotta fire. It's not always about countering, right? And I understand. There becomes a point where you're at such a high level, you can't just throw dumbass strikes, right? You can't make dumb mistakes because making a bad mistake at the highest level is what gets you knocked out. But you gotta take a little bit of a chance, especially in a fight where you know, okay, I probably I might have lost the third round, I might have lost the fourth round. Now I'm in the fifth round here. There's a possibility I'm down, or this is a close fight. I gotta try and finish here. Um, you just gotta when you when he's in those close quarters. He's got to let his hands go. He's got to, you know, find a way to let those hooks go. Find a way to to uncork that right hand, because there are moments where he let his hands go. Oh, here we go. Here we—he's finally letting it go. But he just—he—he he let the—he let just kind of do a little bit more. And and it wasn't even that Ankalev was incredibly dominating with grappling. I know at some point later in the fight he started to grapple with him a little bit, but it was more just while the stand up opportunities were there. They weren't taken advantage of. And I think Santos might look back at this when he watches the tape and goes, "Eh, I should have just took a little bit more of a chance. And when you get with a boxing coach or a coach that's going to look at you a little bit differently and go, hey, man, you know what? Maybe here do this a little bit differently or maybe when your feet are like this in a counter and we get into these closer positions, do this a little bit differently. If you're uh, mostly concerned about your knees, uh, you know, maybe throw more to the body. I don't know. He's there's there's some some tweakable things there and, and you know sometimes with those little tweakable things they they're the difference between the you know losing two three in a row and 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 trading and wins and losses so I'm not sure what they do here Jess. I want to move over here to this next card. We got some fights real this week. I just
0: want to say one last thing. Go the ahead. Boundary is the real you think so that, that mother effer is scary. He's
1: getting older though. I think he's, he's an older cat. He's, he he's like older re, cat. he's like, like Romero. He might be lying about his age. He
0: is scary though. He's got speed that looks really fast on, on film, on camera, on TV, it looks really fast. And just the, the devastating uh punches and strikes and kicks that, that man throws, power. it's insane. I think that I honestly, if the UFC wanted to they could stick him in some pretty high-level fights now, and I think that he wins more than he loses. I, I, I just think that now is the time for the UFC to use this guy because once he gets past that age, you know, that expiration – we all got expiration dates, and when you're an athlete, that expiration date ends a lot sooner. I think that they need to start giving this man some real competition. I want to see what he does against at least in like a top 15 type guy. Let's see what he can do. If he can be as dominant as he has been when he wins on these lower levels, these low stages, then I want to see this guy move up quick because I, he's fun to watch.
1: I want to give him one more fight like this in the Apex Center in the, you know, in the UFC Development Center or one more fight where maybe he's uh, you know, on the undercard of a pay-per-view. But I, I think he's, you know, he needs one or two more true challenges because he's, he's an individual who's traded those wins and losses while he's been in the, you know, in the highest stage. So I want to see a little bit more. Jess, I want to quickly bounce through all these fights. Let's go. I'll kind of talk, I'll talk a little bit more about them when I do my picks. I love this main card to this week's fights. You get a lot of the across the podcasts. Uh, Ilya versus Yai Herbert. Herbert's 11-3. and three. Ilya is undefeated 11-0. Ilya's the kid that was getting into it with Patty the Batty here. We all saw that tape floating around here. Um, who you got?
0: Uh, I'm going to go shocker. I got Herbert in this fight. I, I like his hand speed. I like his, I like his striking. I, I think that he's going to shock some people.
1: Herbert, an enormous dog. Might be the biggest dog on the main card, so that's a big pick. Uh, I like Ilya. I think he knocks out Herbert in one round. Meatball, Molly McCann, who I'm still a big fan of. This is a tough challenge for her. She's fighting Luana Carolina. Luana Carolina coming in at eight and two. Molly McCann Meatball eleven and four. Jess, who you got?
0: Uh, I'm taking Meatball. I think that she's going to use her wrestling correctly and and stop fucking around with all the. I'm going to outstrike these people who these chicks who can outstrike me better. And I think that she goes back to her base. I think she wins. It's going to be slow and drawn out, but she takes the uh, she takes the decision.
1: This is a, a while since we've disagreed on back-to-back fights. I like Luana Carolina here. This is a pickem. You're picking Molly, and while I agree with a lot of what you're saying, I think Luana keeps it standing. I think Molly takes the bait. She doesn't get it to the ground, and and Luana steals it two-one. That often. So I see Luana two-one here, but again, it's it's a pickem here, and Vegas agrees. It's it's a one thirty to one ten either way. Gunnar Nelson, he's back, baby, and he is fighting Takashi Sato. Sato of Pancras fame. Uh Sato is an, an enormous dog at a plus 500 uh, plus 380. I'm sorry. Gunner is a favorite here. Who you got?
0: I really want to pick Sato. Me too. I really do. Like don't I really want to go like the Pancras thing, the Japanese style shit like a fun may, dream. It just really hypes me up, but yes. I am going to deflate my own balloon. Go ahead. I got to go, go with us. I got to go with
1: I think gonna knock Sato out. This is, I mean, he is king of pain. He has fought at king of pain we where all our, all of our favorites have fought at one time, possibly work fights. But can uh, <laughs> knocks him out in one round. I don't think this even gets to two rounds. So I don't take chances, though. <laughs> no. Hey, you want to talk about motherfucker take chances? You don't fight in the king of pancreas and not take chances. Um, Kazula Vargas. I've never met a Mexican dude named Kazula, but Kazula Vargas. He's fighting Patty the Batty. Kazula is a fat fat underdog here at a plus 400 patty the batty at home he's disappointed us some in the ufc let's keep it real right uh, uh, i know this guy is a cage warrior's favorite and i know he's a big fucking star over there but jess who you got
0: uh, i gotta go with the i gotta go with the uh, the guy i gotta go with patty the batty yeah. uh, I, I like his striking uh I, his attitude is very Connor-like. It's almost like he's kind of drawing from some of these people he's seen, you know, actions yeah. and the, the dramatization yeah. of, of –
1: He's the, got a little pro wrestler in him. He's, he's got, got a little Connor, him.
0: Um, he looks like Owen Hart, so. You know, so – but I got to go with Patty the Batty. His striking is uh, – it, it, it verges on phenomenal. Uh, he can strike from many angles, too, and he's got kicks to throw in there as well. And I think that he's been in enough fights with cage warriors and shown enough against some of the best of the best across the pond that Vargas is just kind of fodder for Patty right now.
1: My people across the pond, if you could just tweet us and let us know, does Patty the Batty get as much slack over there as sugar Shane O'Malley gets over here? Cause people just love to shit on that guy. (laughs) But I feel like people just love to shit on Patty the Batty, but it's not Americans. It's it's our it's our peeps over the seas. Um Patty the Batty, I think this goes two rounds. I think he knocks uh Vargas out. I think Vargas sticks around because Patty is a little cautious early. Um and he knocks Vargas out within two rounds. Dan Hooker, Arnold Allen. Hooker's out of the how is Hooker the dog in this fight? Man, Arnold Allen is not a is is not a, a slouch. That's why. Seventeen and one. Who you got? I got Dan
0: Hooker. Oh, really? I'm going Hooker. I'm going with the
1: dog. <laughs> dude, I feel, dude, we have not had a card like this in a while. We're disagreeing on
0: fucking. I, a I'm, lot go- of these guys. I'm going I'm going with the dog, baby. All right. Dan like Dan it. Hooker is is a is a, he's a consummate professional. He's always well trained. He comes in fresh. His cardio is is magnificent. He's got submissions that he can throw at you. His striking, obvious with the with the kickboxing style, the karate style that he throws at you. He's just got so many ways to win. And I understand that he's been placed in some fights that stylistically don't fit him. Mm-hmm. But I believe that this fight does. I really believe that this is his fight to take. And I don't think that he's gonna get a finish although I really want to say either one of these guys can finish either one of these guys at any point in time in this fight. I'm going to play the safe card and say it goes three rounds. Decision, Dan Hooker.
1: Uh, I had to find some stuff out on Arnold Allen because I was like, oh, where did this guy come from? Why have I not seen anything on this dude? Why do I feel like I haven't watched any of this? He fights? came from the show. Hey Arnold. He... <laughs> it's a good call. So yeah. Uh... He's He's got five fucking fights in the UFC. Couldn't even believe it. Um, he's got some uh, unique gaps here. He's got two fights in 2019, one fight in 2020, and then he didn't fight until another time in April of 2021, and now a fight here. I don't know if it's injury shit. I don't know if it's visa shit. This card is clearly across the pond, so maybe it's just he can only fucking get fights in England. I don't know. I do know that Arnold uh, looks like a point fighter to me, and Hooker is dangerous as fuck. So I kind of agree with what you're saying here, with maybe Hooker being that slight dog. It's kind of more of a pick em fight here when you see the plus 110s and the and, and the plus, you know, the minus 120s. It's basically a pick'em here. I'm going Arnold on a close decision, and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if Arnold gets that hometown cooking here. That's what I was about to say. You got to watch right?
0: that hometown cooking.
1: Do you have the main event up? Because my computer just took a shit. It's Aspinall versus Volkov. Is that what
0: it is? Yes. Alexander Volkov versus Tom
1: Aspinall. Oh, man, I gave Volkov so much love on this show for so many fucking years. And that guy has just done nothing but let me down. <laughs> he's, not, <laughs> Who you got?
0: he's let all of us down. Who you got? Uh, I, I, I honestly, I have been struggling with this fight. Alexander is it going, a who, Tom, who the
1: who the fuck is Tom Aspinall? Is that what it is?
0: No, I know Tom Aspinall. I've actually watched Aspinall fight a couple different times. He he he's never done anything to really make me go, wow, look at that guy.
1: You know, at that at that weight class, you kind of hope you'd have more like two two evasive type finishes, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, in Aspinall. Don't get me wrong, Aspinall is well rounded in this fight game. He is. He's got decent wrestling. He's got decent uh, submission game. Uh, he. he has power, and I've seen him knock people out, but on the other end, you got Alexander Volkov, who has been in fight. He's fought everywhere around the world. Uh, I believe he was the Bellator heavyweight champion before he came over to the UFC. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure I am right. Uh, Volkov has done a lot of things. He's beaten a lot of people, and I know he's a little long in the tooth, but he's just so dynamic when he is on fire, when he is really rolling. It's hard to stop that big, tall-ass motherfucker. He's got a lot of tools in his arsenal to use. And this is why I'm so torn, because every time I talk about Volkov, people out there are like, well, it sounds like he thinks Volkov's going to win. But I <laughs> think but win this fight.
1: I'm going Volkov. I just don't trust Aspinall. And I think Volkov is – he's like a – he's a heavyweight point fighter, which are very rare these days. But I think he – He's slick with his kicks when he throws them. he's He's got a little bit of gun in him where, again, he doesn't – you just want to see these heavyweights fucking slug, but he's like, I'm not going to make mistakes. I'm not going to take bait. Um, he didn't take bait for fucking five rounds against Derek Lewis, and then Derek Lewis knocked him out with like 10 seconds from or whatever. Ooh, it was. That was a bad loss. Yeah, and that, he, he was winning, was winning that, that fight, fight too. He, <laughs> he was winning that fucking it. fight. I'm, I'm telling you, that. he was up on all my scorecards. <laughs> that fight fucked up his whole title run because if he wins that fight, Lord knows where Black Beast goes or where knows, Lord knows where Volkov goes. It just fucking set his career back like two years. Um, I, So I'm, I'm going Volkov. I think it goes five rounds um, just because Volkov is a point fighter. And, yeah. I, and unless Aspinall takes a chance, maybe Aspinall takes a chance, fucking knocks Volkov out. I don't think it happens. I think Volkov... Uh, you know, sticks to the outside, pause him with those kicks, pause him with those straight jabs. See, every like- once in a while, throws a big overhand left to let him know, hey, listen, I'm still here. Fucking don't come in here wild. And uh does just enough to win, I'd say four of the five rounds. I'm going Volkov decision.
0: I'm gonna go Aspinall, second round TKO. I think he is gonna go for it. I think Volkov is gonna do basically every single thing that you just said. He's gonna stay on the outside, he's gonna use those big long ass, eight, eight-foot-long legs to keep him at bay. The kicks are going to come at generally like like a a marginal attempt of just playing defense instead of offense. That's sort of what he does. Uh, But I think at one point in time, Aspinall's corner is going to tell him, hey, look, man, you're like seven inches shorter than this guy, and you're going to have to dive in, and you're going to have to go hard at something. And I think what's going to happen is Aspinall's going to jump in there land a a right hook of some kind, like a a looping hook, knock uh, Volkov on the ground, and then I think that he's going to get on top of him and be able to finish him on the ground. Volkov has been knocked out before, and he does seem to be able to get taken down quite easily. So that's where I'm at.
1: Uh, I think we've hit all the MMA stuff. Do you care that Greg Hardy finally got fired?
0: No, I don't. All right, neither do I.
1: Not hey, let's talk football. Let's play football. Yeah, let's play football. Let's go. Get the big skin and just fucking th- – let's get throwing it. Let's get the- yeah. throw it. These bangs are kicking in. Let's go. I know. Um, I'm fired so up right now. <laughs> I want to start with the quarterback stories, Jess, and let's go here, okay? I don't want you to rank the quarterbacks, although some of this does kind of fall under ranking the quarterbacks. But what are the three biggest – quarterback stories right now. Is it Watson? Is it Wilson? Is it uh Rogers Stang? Or is there someone I'm missing like Mitchell?
0: Uh I like the Mitchell Trubisky to Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's still trying to sign quarterbacks and i yes yeah, so that's not the biggest I- story. They're gonna be Give me the. Bi- I
1: want you to rank the biggest which so, one of you is the biggest wave.
0: All right. So this is what I'm gonna my number one pick is purely for my own enjoyment and entertainment. Oh, wow. So one is greedy. going to be the uh, or number 3 is going to be the De- Sean Watson stuff. Wow. I think it's super super interesting. The teams that have come out to be front runners, say like the Atlanta Falcons who have a quarterback currently employed in Matt Ryan. And then there's teams like the Saints who have nobody. And I believe that there was a couple other teams involved, but the Saints seem to be the front runner for Deshaun Watson, and Mm -hmm. I think that's a good place for him. But the biggest story of Deshaun Watson leads me into my number two quarterback story, Baker Mayfield. Cleveland Browns, in front of Baker's face, said, we don't like you. You're immature. We want a man. We want an adult to be our quarterback. That was hardcore. They went into looking at Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, obviously, is coming off all these legal charges and stuff. And, yes, he was acquitted. So we won't go any further with that. He is now
1: <laughs> – yeah. I free mean, free we spent a lot of podcasts fucking talking about it. We, mean, we spent almost a whole podcast talking about it, and you just fucking glossed right over that bitch. You just skated right over that bitch. So we just won't go over that. But, anyway, <laughs> that was great. Seamless thing- transition. That's what we do here on that other sports show.
0: Exactly. The, the thing about the Baker stuff is this.
1: Deshaun,
0: I think at one point in time, was interested in the Browns. And the Browns turn around and they say no. My thought is this. They were getting backlash, whether from the owner or from fans or wherever, that you can't just treat Baker Mayfield like this. He's the only Browns quarterback in the history of the franchise to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in a playoff game. How dare you try to get rid of Baker Mayfield? Deshaun was like, fuck this. I'm tired of all the drama. I'm out. I got the Saints still. Uh, he had already yeah. sent notice to Seattle, which I find even more interesting. I don't wasn't know. Car- I wasn't it.
1: Carolina still out there? Carolina oh was still out there. Uh, now I want to pull up the teams they were shooting at some point of that.
0: From what I hear, have Deshaun for a second interview. Deshaun stuff, number three. Baker, number two. Baker number two because of the Deshaun stuff. I can't believe he did and, Baker and two. Now, That's so hot. And now because of all the drama that we are expected to see, and guess what? It happened. Baker just earlier today said, "Trade me, motherfucker." Yes. And you know what the Browns
1: said? They nope. said, that. "They well, first they said first they said, well uh, we fucking we blew this we fucked this up because we're the Cleveland Browns, yep. which is what which what's new." It's very so we're going to send somebody to Baker's house. This is literally said so we're going to send some representatives over to Baker to talk to him. We're putting somebody on a plan to go to Baker's house. And quickly here, because I want you to finish and get to number one. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I allow them to show up to my house. I open the door and I say, I'm immature. Show me the fucking money. Get the fuck off of my property. And then I slam the door on them, people, because <laughs> I'm an immature motherfucker. And you've just insulted me. And I want more fucking money. You show up to my house isn't going to repair shit. You offering me way more money than my value is going to fix shit. It's the only thing that's going to fix it. Go ahead, Jess. And
0: in that value, he's probably speaking from the 37 to $40 million range. So <laughs> that's Unbelievable. my number one. So Baker, obviously with the drama, he asked for the trade. They said, man, let's try to even it. let's try to smooth things out. Didn't work. And then they just said, you know what, Baker, shut the fuck up. No, you're not being traded. So now next year, what happens to Baker? Hell, what happens to Baker this year? Does he just sit on the bench and be like, "Fuck
1: yeah, it's, too, it's just impossible to say. Yet. There's
0: there's so many outcomes right now. And my mind is completely blown because I absolutely love football, especially right now. My number one, I said, is purely for my enjoyment and entertainment. And that is uh, Kirk motherfucking pay-me-the-money Cousins. You got to be kidding me. Kirk Cousins.
1: You got to be kidding me.
0: What other quarterback in the league has done to a franchise what this guy has done fiscally? He got $80 guaranteed off his last contract. He's now played through his contract. I don't even think he's got a playoff win during that contract period. Guess what he did to him again? Give me one year, guys. 35 mil guaranteed. Separated. And they said, well, I guess this man is the king of making money off of a franchise. Every penny of his last few contracts have been guaranteed, fully guaranteed. To me, that is absolutely amazing. It is Almost more amazing than Aaron Rodgers' money, but even better because Kirk Cousins is so damn mid, yet he's getting paid like a motherfucking stud. Kirk Cousins, I bow down to you, sir. There, that's
1: my. This is this was uh, this was an incredible take from you. I was not prepared, and I- uh, my mind is fucking blown. If you're listening to this. In la- for the first time, my mind is blown as well. I was not prepared for that. Maybe mine is going to be cookie cutter, because uh mine is completely different. Uh <laughs> Now, again, if we're doing personal preference, uh, and we're, uh, you know, all of the intangibles that Jesse's mentioned, uh, number three for me, I mean, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a pretty big fucking deal, considering that I sat here for an entire year and went, yeah, that guy's not fucking coming back. He's out of here. And, uh, I was wrong as fuck. So, uh, credit to him for credit to the GM, credit to whoever in the fuck was able to salvage that and fix that whole thing. Cause I'm telling you, Jess, it felt like there were a handful of times, whether it was the pre picks show that we did, the preseason pick em show during the season, when the season ended. And I said, Hey, Jess, you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be there next year? And you said, I think he is. And I said, No fucking chance. Um, somebody repaired that bitch, somebody fixed that bitch. A whole lot of money always helps fix shit, and I know that was included. So um the caveat, I believe, is I'm sure before he signed that they were telling him, Well, well, Devontae will be here, Devontae will be here, Devontae will be here, and so he went okay, 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 I got my guy. I I can't see a scenario where they told him his guy's not gonna be there, and he signed. Now, if they told him his guy's going to be there and he signed and now his guy's not going to be there, well, goddamn, that's a whole other motherfucking title wave that we can get to. Um, number two for me, Jess, is fucking Tom Brady. We haven't <laughs> talked about Tom, Brady. about Tom Brady. How do you forget about the greatest quarterback of all time, the oh, Uh, Yeah, he came back. He just made Tampa Bay not give a shit about Watson anymore. Uh, they, he made them pay, uh, their wide receiver Godwin. Um, They they just went from the fucking bottom seller team to all of a sudden they're back in it. I mean, we were, we said it when we did the recap on Tampa Bay, they were a fucking drive and 30 seconds away from going to the NFC championship. They got beat by Stafford and Cooper cup single handedly, and oh, by the way, they went ahead and did that to every team before and after that fun game to go win the Super Bowl. Uh, so no shame in that, in my opinion. I think Brady's too. and one, in my opinion. Justin, I brought this up before we started taping, and I was surprised at your vitriol towards this because uh, you and I, again, uh, you might as well name this podcast. We just don't get along for we just ain't getting we just don't agree on shit today. Uh, <laughs> It's fucking Russell Westbrook. of uh, Russell Westbrook. Oops. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell, that bang's sticking in. Uh, I got Westbrook takes two, trust me. Uh, it's Wilson. Russell Wilson, to me, is it shifts the paradigm of the entire AFC. The AFC West now all of a sudden has the four best quarterbacks. And Carr just got better because he has the one of the most elite wide receivers in the game. And also the guy that made – car a nfl level quarterback while he was in college
0: fresno this, State
1: represent and listen i'll get into that when we get into the and when we get into that in a moment but uh, russell wilson completely shifts the entire afc west he has weapons he can throw a deep ball like a motherfucker still maybe they use whatever salvage picks they have or whatever they can fucking lie cheat and steal to get to pick up some offensive tackles and now Denver has all of a sudden become a place people want to play, like Randy fucking Gregory, who just left the Cowboys high and dry, to go play in Denver. People, dude, we talk about it for years on this show. John Elway is a fucking salesman, and he was able to Even negotiate. when he's drunk. Even when he's drunk on a fucking course like. <laughs> like our boy Stone Cold Steve Austin. Shout out 316 Day. And uh fucking what look what happens. He negotiates Russell fucking Wilson, who in my opinion, Jess, and you can pull up all the numbers, is always a top five quarterback statistically for the last five, six years with a shitty line. How many times have we done this podcast throughout the years and went, man, Russell's line is shitty, man? Imagine it imagine if he had a line imagine if he got a receiver he got a receiver and he made that receiver a fucking pro bowler and an all-star and a stud and imagine what he's gonna do with those young receivers over there jess they're gonna be fucking fantastic um I, i'll tell you right now i wanted to pull it up on my computer crash yet again i would not be surprised if denver wins fucking 10 or 11 games next year i really would not jess
0: no, I mean, okay, so here was my thought. We were speaking earlier during prep time, and you said, hold this thought. So here's my thought on the AFC West. <clears throat> it's virtually a eater versus eater versus eater versus eater division. Everyone's going to eat in that division.
1: Going to get today, a lot of them beaten up on each other.
0: Today, you get two wins apiece from each of those teams. Now, instead of – like a K uh uh K I almost say KFC. A KC K KFC is for Andy Reid.
1: No, Westbrook. <laughs> hey, Russell Reid, Westbrook's going Andy. to KFC. What are we gonna do here?
0: That's for Andy Reid. Uh KC, the Kansas City Chiefs, have been used to feeding and being the only, you know, alpha male in that division and winning a lot of games, you know, four or five games out of the division. Now you don't get those three or four games. Now you only get two. So instead of looking for, you know, seven wins outside of your division, now you're looking for more like eight to ten. I think that that division with Russell Wilson is going to be exciting to watch. Russell will immediately make that offense better. But they still don't really have a great offensive line. So he's still going to be doing some running. The defense is young and good. The receivers are young and good. Their running game is decent as long as Melvin Gordon can stay healthy. And uh, I forget the other kids that they run all the time. Uh, the kid from North Carolina that drafted last year.
1: Yeah, I forgot his uh, name too, but
0: he's just dead. Williams, I believe. Yeah, Jerome Williams. So you have these running backs. You have some youth in your wide receiver position. The offensive line needs work, and I hope that they, for Russell's sake – do something for that line, but again, if you can't win the three, four, five games out of your division, maybe you get that one stupid loss to like a, a Las Vegas Raiders, like the Chiefs had last year. Mm-hmm. Now it's looking to the outside divisional games to win those eight to ten games to try to make to try to get into the playoffs. It makes it so much harder for every single team in that division. And by the time the playoffs run, like you said, they will have. Viscerally beating the shit out of each other all season long.
1: Yeah. Russell just,
0: Wilson is really good. Justin Burd just, is really good. Yes, Kari, thank you. So much better. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is still MVP-type level quarterback. It's going to be a uh, who-eats-who first division. And I'm just not sure that it's going to shake – the playoffs in the AFC as
1: much as what you're thinking right now. I think the AFC West is the division. Um, okay, so let me say this, and to piggyback off of your comment, now Kansas City has to see Carr and Devontae Adams and uh, Crosby and the other studs they've been signing. You twice a year, that feels like a game. They might split that. Now you've got to see Russell Wilson. And Randy Gregory and those stud receivers and those stud running backs twice a year. So they might split that. And oh, by the way, the Chargers just got fucking Khalil Mack to go on the other side of Bosa.
0: That defense is going to be
1: scary. And they've got fucking Herbert, who we spent six to eight weeks saying, is this guy an MVP, Jess? I Ooh. mean, fuck. That, again, the Kansas City's their schedule, the AFC West, just got more difficult and more difficult. And you can see a scenario where this becomes that 90s NFC East that these guys are just all beating up on each other. Or the NFC South or the AFC South that we've just been seeing the past few years where you're getting a lot of, hey, man, there were three and five in that division. They were five and three in that division because they're just fucking beating up on each other all year. Um, quickly, Jess, because we're having fun with the Watson stuff. <laughs> Saints Panthers you said did you say the Seahawks are out? Yeah, I heard I I had read that I, e- e- I heard the Seahawks are so. out. I'll throw the Eagles out there as well cuz I just want to throw one more team out there. If you would have told me an hour ago, two hour, an hour and a half ago right before we started taping the show, that Devontae Adams would be on the fucking Raiders, I would have said no chance. It feels like as of right now, the heavy favorite, right? The horse in the lead is New Orleans. As we're taping this show, do you think Watson starts for the Saints next year?
0: I do. I believe that Deshaun Watson will get signed. Uh, From what I've been reading, it sounds like they want to get a deal done soon. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing by the end of today, although that time is coming soon, uh, at least as far as the East Coast is concerned. um, If not today, tomorrow. Uh, Deshaun Watson will be officially announced as the New Orleans Saints quarterback.
1: I agree with you. I think the long shot here is the Eagles, just because they have so many picks. And they ate Jalen Hurts. <laughs> but, boy, did they! But and they can offer him up too in that in that package. But- Baker Mayfield can
0: be all on his sad, you know, depressed horse. Yeah. But Jalen Hurts, man, that guy's not done anything wrong hey Philadelphia. J- Jalen Hurts isn't
1: sending out a fucking thank you uh, city of Philadelphia fucking tweet right now. Guy's in a gym right now. Fuck getting ready for the offseason because he takes a pounding. Um Long shot, I feel like, is the Eagles, Panthers, I guess, because they have McCaffrey and they have pieces, right? But it feels like the Saints are in the run here because – at the end of the day, Watson wants to be in the South, right? He wants to be in the NFC South because of the Clemson thing, and that's just kind of – they're going to accept him. They're not going to give a flying fuck about the uh, alleged stuff that we just glossed over, even though we spent a podcast and a half and brought fucking Justin <laughs> Von Doom on to talk about it. Um, we're just going to gloss it over That um, I have I had one more fucking football question for you here, and it just spaced me. Um, uh, are there any other uh, random – uh, signings. I mean, should we talk about uh, your boy Von Miller showing up to the Bills? I said it on Twitter. I'll say it here. Anytime you can add a veteran leader that's come off of a Super Bowl win and put them on your team that can bring that experience and also bring a little bit of pass rush on a uh, snap count, I think that's effective. I know they paid him a shitload of money, but it looks like it's all front ended, right?
0: It is all front ended. Uh, it's like it ends up being about $52 million guaranteed in two years and 34 or 34 like right? of it, I think, is guaranteed at contract signing. So it's literally another $20 million over the course of the next two, maybe three years. If he, how long stay. if he stays. If he stays. If he stays. So the money that Buffalo's done and given him is actually smart for the team. And by the time that money runs dry, they'll be ready to re-sign all their rookies and stuff off their rookie contracts. So Brandon Bean is up there for me. I believe Brandon Bean is probably the, the top GM in the league, but we just got done talking about John Elway. and John Elway is definitely at the top. There's some other, um, there's some other uh, GMs that definitely belong to the Jones. upper echelon of GMs in the league. Brandon Bean, he works slow. He's methodical, and he really does look through every crevice and crack at each player and team that he's about to be involved with, as far as trades or free agency or whatever is concerned. And at first, started off slow, re-signing his own guys, which Buffalo Bills fans appreciate. I think any fan of any team appreciates when some of those hometown guys get re-signed right off the bat. Um, he started restructuring contracts, front-loading those. To add cap space, Uh, he let go of a couple of really, you know, fan favorite types like Harrison Phillips, a big kid out of Stanford, ends up going and getting signed by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Super happy for that kid, by the way. Um, But the biggest deals came, what, day three? And that was, yeah, 316. They Mm. nicknamed that 316 Bean Day. Because he,
1: <laughs> he, he just took it from Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: Two years ago, on the same day, <laughs> they traded for Stefan Diggs. Same day.
1: Two years I didn't ago. know that.
0: That's cool. And then, same day, two years forward, uh, they shore up the offensive line with Roger Staffold. They go and get a couple of really big ass nose tackles to, to plug that line. And then they go and sign Von Miller, which could possibly be the biggest free agent acquisition in Buffalo Bills history. And then on top that off, they go and sign um, OJ Howard. Is it Howard? Mm -hmm. The tight end from Tampa Bay. Yep. So OJ came out of Alabama. He was supposed to be a phenom at the tight end position. Semi what Kyle Pitts is now and played with uh, – or played as in his rookie year. Just never got off the blocks. <clears throat> Tom Brady comes in to Tampa Bay. He's probably thinking, shit, man, I'm going to have the goat thrown to me. Nah. He brings in Gronk. Uh, OJ ends up pulling in like 35 catches for 135 yards. I think he scored like two touchdowns. It was, a, it was a terrible season. And Buffalo gets him on a one-year contract for pretty small money. But he gets to be paired up with Dawson Knox – but to frontline everything, Von Miller does what you were talking about. He brings in leadership. He brings in good values. He brings in good locker room, uh, uh, charisma, and, and, and partnership. He, he brings that team play type feel. Uh, he has played in the snow and the cold when he played for Denver. So playing in Buffalo will not be much different. Uh, besides, he wears long sleeves all fucking year round. Anyway, hell yeah. And uh, most importantly, and this is what I took from the, my take from the Von Miller signing, we've got guys like Gregory Rousseau who ended up with about four and a half stacks last year on his rookie season. We got a guy named Boogie Basham who can play either defensive tackle, he can play the one tech, or he can play the three tech, or he can play outside. And then we've got a couple other young guys like A.J. Epinesa who we're trying to really work with. Bring in a guy like Von Miller with the experience that he has had two Super Bowl rings, over 115 sacks in his career. He will only help that defensive side of the locker room get better. And I think that that was another reason why Bean felt like, hey, man, I'll just throw the fucking bank at this dude because I need him to be on the field. And I need him to be a mentor on the sideline, and he got both with Von Miller. I think it's a huge deal.
1: I'm a fan. I mean, I I, you know, not to piggyback off of it too much, but I'm a fan, and I think that I think again, what the Bills are doing, they're making a lot of plays here. They're clearly uh, upgrading at a lot of positions here, and it's unique to do so considering if you look at the real scope here. I mean, they lost the game, a fucking playoff game on a goddamn miracle, some would say in hindsight, you know, just one of those things, but even with that said, they've said, fuck that, we're gonna shore up, what we can shore up, and we're gonna tighten up, what we can tighten up, as opposed to Dallas, who's just cutting the fucking fat and losing good players, and losing name players, and probably just replacing them, hopefully with draft picks that pan out, or guys that are on the cheap, so we'll see how that fucking works. Jess, is there any NFL story we're missing here you think we should hit, should should we spend a few seconds on Devonte? I think that we pretty much are on the same page in regards to he's, he's clearly going to improve Carr and, and improve the Raiders. And shout out to our boy, Brian, who's been asking Ooh. for a week for a splash. He's been saying every team's making a fucking splash. The Raiders ain't doing shit. I said, I said Brian, fucking, they signed Crosby. They brought Crosby back. It's kind of a big deal, right? They got their best defensive the player back. And on the cheap, I think they got him on a good deal. It, and now they got Devontae Adams and again I, let me say this one thing and I'll let you say what you need to if you need to <laughs> I was at a lot of Fresno State games I was very intoxicated at almost all of them I saw Derek Carr throw some of the most beautiful balls I've ever seen with my eyes to Devontae Adams and I was at some of those games where Devontae caught and I mean 13, 15, 17 catches I mean him the fluidity of him and Devontae together i mean it was like oh it was just beautiful i mean if you really love that type of football if that's the shit that gets your dick hard i mean boy it would get you hard because these guys just while i was watching it i'd say out loud that's a pro throw those are two pros right there those are nfl guys beating up on fucking kids from san jose state so i'm interested in seeing what they do moving forward here any thoughts
0: yeah. Uh, real quick uh, thoughts on on uh, Devonte is um, a. I'm still kind of trying to figure out. Is this the Packers' big fuck you to Aaron Rodgers?
1: Kind of <laughs> feels like it.
0: How like, is it not? Is there is this the the end game for Green Bay? They're like, ah, we got you, Aaron. But fucking how is, not, though, right? like, how is it not? Though, cash. You got a couple. How is it not? Now we're going to kick your favorite guy to Las Vegas. How you like that shit? How are you going to like throwing to Alan Lazard for the next fucking two years? Congratulations, motherfucker. <laughs>
1: uh, I just don't get it. I don't know. Okay. Flip side. Maybe they go, hey, man, here's the deal. We're going to be fucking running the ball a lot. And this draft, you tell us the three receivers that you want the most. And we're, we're drafting those motherfuckers.
0: I guess. But, hey, like, hey, I, I, yo, you and, better, and I are on the same page.
1: Think. They you and her- I are on the same page here. Like I, I don't, I don't. It, you're right. It feels to me, I, I'm not even Aaron Rodgers, and it feels like a fuck you. Doesn't me. it though? Yes. If, if doesn't you understand. slap in the face. Like I don't. I, I, maybe the only thing I could think of here, and again, we're just reckless speculation. It took us an hour, but we're admitting it. Maybe they called him and they let him know. Hey man, listen, this guy's forced at our hand. Uh, we gotta trade him. At least we're gonna get you some picks, and with these picks, we're gonna pick up some receivers. These guys are still left on the market. We're gonna work on bringing them in. We can fucking overpay them now because we got some money. And maybe Roger said, "Fuck it, that's cool." Uh, I can't see that happening. I don't know. Maybe, Rod, maybe they told him, "Hey, man, listen. The only way that we can give you all this money is is unfortunately Devontae's expendable." And Rodgers said, fuck it, you know, at uh, fuck him. I'm about my money, and I'll throw to Lazard, and I'll throw to whoever you bring in here because I'm so fucking talented. I'll make somebody as good as Devontae.
0: I mean, Aaron Rodgers is talented enough to make receivers better. But not Devontae <laughs> better. Even, even Tom Brady needed Randy Moss to have that one phenomenal, never-forget year. Aaron Rodgers needs Devonte Adams. He can make Alan Lazard better. He can make MVS better, but he can't make them Devonte Adams better. As far as our friend B Balak, BB, big Right, L A C K five five nine. Follow him on Twitter, folks. Buddy, you should be over the moon. He is. because this is what I'm. I'm going ignoring to tell his text you. right now to do this show. This is what I'm going to tell you right now. Raider fans, from game one, you will see, look, quarterbacks who quarterbacked with a certain wide receiver or offensive player for many years, they don't lose that. And Devontae and Derek had some years at Fresno State where they both looked phenomenal. They built up an actual friendship. They built up a friendship that was on and off the field. They've talked about it for years, and now they get the chance to play And not just play like when they're both these old kind of withered players, right? These two guys are still prime players. And Derek Carr has gotten a lot of shit that I don't believe that he really deserves. No, he's not the most mobile guy. Yeah, he makes some rash decisions with the football. But look at who he's had to work with. What you will see, Raiders fans, from game fucking one is just the connection that connection, I guarantee, has not gone anywhere. Derek Carr will hit Devontae. He will hit Devontae. He will hit Devontae. You will see it happen. He's probably going to have like a 13-game first first game in the Raiders outfit. Oh, million a
1: million percent. The over-under catch. on his first game is 10 I'm, I'm, and a half, and I'm going I'm saying over. He's got,
0: I'm saying he gets 13 catches. He's going to put it up like a buck 15, a buck 17, and at least one score. Devontae Adams is going to feast with Derek Carr. And you know what? Yes, Adams loves Aaron Rodgers, but I guarantee you that it's not the same type of friendship that he had with Derek Carr.
1: Now they both love and, money and, too,
0: and that and they both love money. But Carr and Adams will connect. They're going to have a really fantastic season. Raider fans, you got a lot to look forward to. That's what I got to say about that. I think it's phenomenal for the Raiders. And maybe it's phenomenal for the Packers because they finally get their middle finger to Aaron Rodgers.
1: Basketball takes. Let's hit him. Let's do it. What do we want to talk about first? We want to talk about Cat's sixty-point game. Uh, We can do Cat. Talk about Kyrie's sixty-point game. I would love to do Cat because I feel like Cat doesn't get enough love. He's a center, and for whatever reason, unless your name's Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid, nobody gives a fuck about you. But we do this once every few months where everybody remembers how great Cat is or everybody remembers how great his story is. But this guy's a fucking baller. The problem is he's trapped on a shitty team. And I know they're trying to surround him with pieces and D'Angelo Russell, but the NBA works like this. Unless you're playing in a fucking metro city or at a team with a bunch of sexy players, nobody gives a fuck about the city you're in. This is the problem with Portland. This is the problem with, I think at some point uh, Memphis is going to be next Uh, and Minnesota. People just don't give a shit about playing here. Sacramento too. People don't give a shit about playing here. When you have the ability to go play in a metropolitan, you know what I'm saying? When you have a, 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 possibility of playing in LA when you have a possibility of playing in Dallas when you have a possibility of playing in fucking Miami like this is where the NBA is shifted now and unfortunately the smaller market teams feel just that the smaller market teams they begin to have a regional baseball feeling which is unfortunate it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with cap because I think he took a shitload of money I think it took a max deal but Uh, At some point, like all NBA players, they just get tired of fucking losing. And uh, what happens then? You know what I'm saying? What happens then? That's going to be the true point here.
0: So, Cat is not having necessarily a career year, okay? But he's had games where he's broken out and he's looked phenomenal. But none more so than the game against the Spurs the other night when he broke down for 60 fucking points and 17 damn rebounds that's a huge game and that's a, that's the type of game some players will never have carl anthony towns is a special guy he's a center that can play inside outside and yes the fact that he is not postered everywhere on the nba.com on the the you know on all the websites and all the media and gets talked about it's because he plays in Minnesota. And it's weird because in the NFL, you can be a small market team and still make money. You can still get free agents. You can still have fans in the stands every Sunday. But basketball is so much different. Small market teams don't get love ever. That's why teams like like Jay just said, your New Orleans, your Portland's, you know, your Memphis's. And yes, your Minnesotas, your Sacramentos, that's why they don't get the players. They might get them in a quick trade, but then they're gone the next no, year. Yeah, they'll draft them. You know, you'll get a draft and maybe you'll build them up for a little bit. But then, like Jay said, you eventually get sick of losing games. And Carl Anthony Townsman, I got to say, I'm just, I'm happy that he's stuck it out as long as he has. I mean, you have to imagine that. Most of his prime is now and in the next couple to three years. And, he, I mean, he's not long in the tooth by any means, but he has been around the block a bit. He's luckily avoided most serious injuries. and uh, I, But I think that there just comes a point in time when, you know, winning has to become a priority. Whether you're chasing that ring or, fuck, you're just chasing a playoff run, I think winning has to be a priority and in you basketball.
1: Or so not teams you, don't you don't want to be I don't mean to cut you off here, but you don't no, want to be known as Dominic Wilkins. Oh, where you spent a career with your with, with one team but you never got out of the second round. You know, and this is this is what happened to Kevin Garnett in Minnesota. And this is what was happening with Anthony Davis, where they they just they just want I gotta get the fuck out of here because it's not just a small market; it's the GMs, it's the organization that just can't surround me with the talent, no matter what they do. Let's uh, transition from uh, Minnesota. A quick quote from Zach Lowe, and this is in regards to last night's game. Uh, I'm still reeling from how much shit minnesota talked at the lakers expense i don't think i've ever seen a player of what russell westbrook's caliber endure so much targeted humiliation at one game from an opponent as he did in minnesota last night with pat beverly holding his nose and calling him trash with carl anthony town spending like nine seconds pantomiming searching for a breeze or some other reason russ airballed that jumper it wasn't a quick pantomime. Sometimes you see players duck and cover on the bench for a second. Karl-Anthony Towns went full SNL routine at Russ's airball expense.
0: Well, maybe Russ shouldn't airball. He's a fucking professional.
1: <laughs> Stop airballing, Russ. Stop even airballing, though, even you
0: motherfucker. He- you got paid a shit ton of money to not go in airball shots. Russell-, Russell Westbrook, I know that I'm guessing that this is where you're leading into.
1: Yes, Russell- the Lakers. We're leading into the Lakers. Let's do Lakers. Russell-, Russell Westbrook
0: has never, and I know that he's not been with the Lakers for very long, but he has not one game gelled with this team. Matter of fact, Anthony Davis probably can't gel with this team because half the team that's playing right now hasn't played with him for like 60 fucking games. LeBron James I tweeted this out there at JTT 81 on Twitter that LeBron James is still one of the best players in the NBA right now but you cannot win games by yourself this is not the 1990s this is not the early 2000s you can't be that one man show you need help and when your backup guys are Stanley Johnson you know what I mean? Like, who the fuck, Stanley Johnson? That's a problem. LeBron's used to playing with the Bosches and the Wades, you know? He's used to playing with the Kevin Loves and the Kyries. Now he has Anthony Davis. Or does he? No, has he doesn't. Has no, he doesn't. Anthony Davis?
1: No, he hasn't. It's a problem. The Lakers he hasn't, he hasn't played in, you know, like 20 games.
0: The Lakers need to be trading some guys off, but they can't because contracts are super weird with L.A. and, and some of the players that they have. Westbrook is so out of touch right now i think it's a mental thing for him as well one
1: million percent
0: i think 1 that russell, million percent. russell westbrook has always been protected he, he's always kind of been
1: no he's been protected by the media James. and he been me say, let, me, yes. let me let me let me hop in here again i'm sorry please do russell westbrook has been protected by the media while he was in oklahoma city he everybody remembers the Kevin Durant sticking up for Russell and going, that's my brother. You don't talk shit to br- my brother. You talk shit to me. Everyone remembers that, right? It was oh, Russell's a little brother and he was protected because that media wanted to make sure they had access to him, right? Those were some beat writers that didn't want to piss Russell off because they didn't want to be able to get scoops and they didn't want to deal with a bad Russell on a day-to-day basis. At some point when he went to Houston or when he went to uh Washington, the beat writer said, hey, fuck that guy. We don't give a shit about his attitude, and we think it's kind of funny to poke him with a stick because we get more fucking hits on Twitter when we do so. So at some point, the narrative shifted to, we're not trying to protect Russ and make him the happy all-star, look how cool and how fun, and look at the MVP. It went to, no, Russell's falling apart. No, Russell's old. No, Russell has always had these incredible holes in his game. And when he's not allowed to be on a bad team in Statville and do whatever he wants and control his own narrative, if you will, it's a fucking problem. We saw this in Houston when James Harden went, no, I'm the alpha guy here, and you don't fucking control the ball. And they went, oh, we're going to have to split up time here. Sometimes CP3 brings the ball up. Sometimes Harden brings the ball up. Sometimes West, it just didn't fucking work. And now they're in LA. I said this before the season. I shouted this from a rooftop. Roof, rooftop on social media, this was not going to work. I did not think we would get to these levels of man. Westbrook is just fucked up in between the ears now, and it's to the point where they might even want to consider DMPing him for the rest of the year. Make up a fucking injury and just say the guy can't play anymore, because now when you have teams like Minnesota making fun of him when he shoots fucking air balls. And telling him to his face, you stink. That's a fucking problem. When he's got LeBron going into the stands because people are saying, hey, Russell Westbrook in L.A., that's a fucking problem. This is an experiment that failed miserably and it falls on LeBron James because LeBron James is the godfather. And they went to him. Palinka went to him and said, What do you think of this trade? And he said, I fucking love it. Make it happen. And it backfired. And now LeBron's back there going, we got to do something. We got to do something. Trade the picks that we have in four years. Trade. And the Lakers are going, no, we don't know if we want to trade those picks in four years because we don't know if you're going to be here in two. So fuck that. We're not doing that. And now we've reached this incredible stalemate with the Lakers. On top of that, Jess, the proofs in the pudding. It's not even about ball don't lie. It's just the proofs in the pudding. When these guys aren't running back on defense, when they've given no. up on the, what they've given up on their team, Jess, and it's on television and it's on footage. And again, all you got to do is go to NBA Reddit. All you got to do is go to NBA Twitter, and there's just tweet tweet post after post of LeBron's not running back on defense. LeBron's fucking not doing this. Westbrook's not doing this. These guys have fucking given up. It's all like the proof in the pudding is there. Just the best thing that can happen to this team is they don't even make the plans because if they're a ninth or a 10 seed and they play a plan game, they're going to get throttled on national television on the way out. And it ain't a good look. A better look for LeBron right now is the DMP Westbrook. DMP is fucking self and then lose out and just wash this season rather than fight for that 10th seed, fight for that ninth seed. And now you're just getting bitch slapped in those playing games. It's a bad look, Jess.
0: No, I I fully agree. I actually, I didn't even think about the DMP. I think that's a brilliant idea. You can actually damage further Russell Westbrook's career of whatever he's got. His
1: trade value, Jess. Now I'm thinking about his trade value.
0: Look, I'm just speaking from a humanitarian side right now. I'm
1: telling you it's about in between his ears, dog. I
0: understand from a business side, you need to preserve what's left that you can get out of Westbrook. But from a humanitarian side, you are damaging this man's brain and career. This man has, like Jay said, been protected for so many years. And then one day it stopped. And then people saw Westbrook for what he is. He's a ball hog. He's selfish on the court. He's very. uh, He shoots a a very poor field goal uh, percentage. And when he puts up those triple doubles all the time, maybe he, you know, it's a quadruple double because he's also lost the ball eleven times. That too. So, you by playing him are doing your franchise a favor, and you're doing him, uh, you're doing him no favors as well because. You're hurting your franchise by playing them because you're just going to lose more games. And like Jay said, if you make it to a play-in, you're going to get just beat by some random – Young, ball.
1: hungry-ass team like Minnesota. who's always Like
0: Minnesota the or, or like – there's, there's just, there's so many teams in that bottom area that can make the play, and you don't want to be that team that plays the young, hungry team that says, "Shit, man, I want to go in there, and beat the brace off the Lakers."
1: I want to be the guy that's known, "Hey, this is our, this is our championship." Yeah, we're probably not gonna beat uh, the the Suns, we're yeah. probably not gonna beat the Warriors, we're probably not, not gonna you, beat they're Memphis, not even gonna beat Utah. Those, those three, those two or three top seeds are gonna throttle us, but. We could fuck the Lakers up. Exactly. We could beat. We could have some fun on the way out. We can have one more fun week of basketball where we're just beating on the Lakers. I'm telling you, they don't want that. No, it's bad on. It's bad on everything. Uh,
0: but as far as Westbrook is concerned, dude, when like you said, when your own fans are calling you Russell Westbrook, shit has gone south. Somebody has got to step in. And you know who I partially blame is LeBron James. No, all the blame. LeBron, you need to step in. You are the godfather right now. Do you think Michael Jordan would have been like letting Chicago Bulls fans get on Scotty like that? He would have stepped in and not the fans. He would have stepped in with Scotty and been like, Scotty, what the fuck are you doing? If you're sick, if you're injured, if you're tired, then don't fucking play. We'll play somebody else so we can continue to win games. LeBron James needs to step in and be a leader and get Westbrook off the court. And he can do it in a completely respectable manner because he's LeBron James. Westbrook, he respects LeBron. If LeBron steps in and says, hey, Russ, man, you are in a difficult spot right now, brother. We need you to not play. We need you to sit on the bench. If something goes terribly wrong and there's an injury that's, that happens and it's serious, then, you know, we'll kick you back in. But for right now, as your brother, as your friend, as a teammate, you need to sit. But he's not doing it. And the franchise is do it. So, as from my point of view, the Lakers are just a team destined to look really bad for the rest of the season.
1: You want to know the worst thing that can happen to the Lakers right now? They get that 10 seed and they play the Timberwolves. Oh, and on. the same thing that happened the other night is going to happen on the national stage. And it's going to be fucking embarrassing. I'm telling you, don't just, you know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, God rest Kobe soul. Don't, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Have some pride for fuck's sakes. DNP.
0: It's super bad when all the Lakers legends are like what the fuck is going on
1: hey so, uh, magic magic's like uh magic said on television he accidentally called uh russell westbrook russell westbrick <laughs> and like five days later was like hey lakers fans Take it easy on the guy, all right? <laughs> His family's in the stands. Like, yo, Magic, I mean, you, you did the same shit. We all just heard it again. It's like uh, it was on ABC, dog. It was the national platform. Just uh, hit the wrap-it up button. Hit the wrap-up button. Real Say, quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. One real
0: more. Shout out to shout out to Pops for becoming the all-time winningest coach in NBA history. That's oh, all. Yeah. I, think I think
1: he I think he goes up there. And and listen, and and to, to piggyback off of that, doesn't matter who the coaches of these Lakers, you can bring in Pop, you can bring in Phil. None of these motherfuckers are going to want to coach nope. there. And LeBron ain't listening to none of them because he don't respect none of them because he's his own coach. He does whatever the fuck he wants. And I'm telling you. Pop they're they're a mess.
0: There ain't nothing happening in LA. It's, it's tanksville from here on out. It, at least I, I would pray that that's their, their method of,
1: of- we, Hey, listen, we got two, we got two weeks. It's going to get interesting. We'll talk about it. All right, folks, next week. that was shout out. the show. A I of- got a shout out. Che Rollins at Che underscore Rollins. My man is doing well. He's healthy. He he's working out. He's making love. He's doing his thing. I'm happy for he's him. He's
0: busting nuts everywhere. Fuck. Oh, just drop go him, go show that man some love on Twitter.
1: I told him, don't be getting nobody pregnant, but you know that he's guy. Got I mean, he's, he's, up, he's got a lot going on there. He's real uh, strong.
0: Follow Jay at Valdez, spelled backwards 559 Myself at JTT81. And, of course, the show at Team Toss 21. Folks, we'll be back next week. We'll have more takes because that's all we're good for. Please be safe.